chance to do an episode with you and I. Yeah. Yeah, you got shunned out of the last one. What did you think of it? You listened to it with Thrawen Kolbenshin. I did. I thought. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. I was I was talking and keying in on my on my own in the car as if I were there, just to feel part of it. So people would have missed your insight. Can you offer like some? I got in a fight because they kept interrupting me as I was talking. (laughs) Who interrupted you more, me or him? Uh, uh, Both of you equally. (laughs) It was equally annoying. I was like, you know what, guys? And you interrupted me during my fight too. You just kept talking. Right. I talked over you. It's always a great strategy, right? Yeah, it was. (laughs) Uh, My my insight in brief. uh, First of all, I think I want to live in Iceland. Very cool place. Like what a what a backdrop. I'm just thinking like all his uh all his tasks and and little gigs. Um I shouldn't say little gigs, but gigs uh with the backdrop of Iceland. I'm like, damn it. Right. That's, that's convenient. Yeah, very <laughs> for outdoors. Except stuff. you forget like twenty hours of darkness. Right, right. So right. trade offs, right? True. Yep. Pros and cons. Grass isn't always greener. But then twenty uh, hours of sunlight. Ah, and you get that like extended golden light period yeah, you where so the sun many. just never goes down. Oh, oh, you get that anamorphic sort of sun flare. I've always thought of that. You know, you're at a place and you really, you have limited time. Let's say you have to kind of, so you have to sacrifice and say like, where am I getting sunset? You know, like the one spot. And then those places where you're, there is a, like a four hour golden hour. Mm-hmm. You can be like, I'm gonna bounce around. I'm gonna get like four amazing shots in this one sunset. No rush. It's one day. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice thing. Nice feature. Nice feature of Iceland. Um, but overall, I think you know, just the the growth and the direction in terms of the your mental focus on what is it, your your careers, your social media, your growth, your are influencing versus just you know trying to trying to build your business in a sense um and the the overlap of those i thought was interesting and then i think we'll touch in today a little bit too the um priority shift when you have kids and family and right and and life stuff you have because you know about this firsthand you have to start to to juggle differently so Um, that for sure is something that spoke true to me. Otherwise, you seem like a, a really nice guy, and sorry I missed it. No, it's but all good. I was there in good. spirit. You were. What was your opinion on the, as you had your sip of coffee, I'll try and extend this question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was your opinion on that photographer-influencer ratio, that whole conversation in the last episode, and do you think the influencer being an influencer and being a photographer are as mutually exclusive as some make it out to be. I hope we made a point to, to show that that's not the case necessarily as you know, we know people who are great influencers and great photographers and some who are simply great photographers and we all know people who are simply great influencers, right? So what was your whole take on that ratio and that, that sliding scale? Yeah, I think it depends on the person. I, I don't, let's well while i was listening as a as a listener i wanted a clear definition of what we meant by influencer good point you know so 
Do I consider myself the classic influencer? No. However, do I influence potentially by saying like, oh, I love Cotopaxi or we use iStorage or um, we're using all of this road equipment. Are we influencing people's next purchases potentially? I mean, the, the proof is in some of those affiliate links. Like you see, you know, some buys or whatnot coming from our link. So I influenced. Uh, True. Is it, is it my main goal? I don't think so. Photography is up there too with like creating content that's I'm proud of and and stuff like that. But I would argue that people that are influencing are trying to create content that they're proud of and that accomplishes a goal as well. We just photographers happen to have the craft or the tool to make it maybe a little more visually pleasing or nicer. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think if you really were, if you're on social media to an extent, you want to influence people to do something, follow you. Very true. Buy your prints, uh, share your work. If you didn't, you would just, I would just go to like local restaurants and, and print shops and try to hang stuff up and sell stuff. And well, and then you're still influencing people's yeah, perspective of the natural true. world if you're a nature and landscape photographer. So, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, you can make the arbitrary argument for everything and anything to a degree. I think mm-hmm. your question is great, though, or your concern. I would have loved to have known what the definition of influencer in that episode is. And I think for me, and I would imagine for most people, it's the stereotypical archetype of, you know, traveling to beautiful places. There's a lot of commercial ads in the, or collaborations, commercial collaborations in the, uh, in the feed, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's different degree. There's different degrees of influencing, and I think it also comes down to, like you said, is that your your mo? You know, so you can be performing photography or doing a podcast, and just as a by byproduct, some influencing happens as a secondary motion, right? Yeah. Which is where I, I sort of feel like I fit into that mold, but I'm not focused primarily on let's influence as many people as possible to think this way or do that maybe like indirectly but i mean i could you argue the whole show is influencer based i mean Mm -hmm. yes and no because i think i'll speak for myself and i've said it before that this is us sharing our life experience with photography and people can take or leave those those pockets of experience and apply it to their own way of performing both our failures and things that are going right for you and I. And there's a lot of both. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of things happen to you based on your skill set or God given gifts. You know, it's like a lot, maybe the influencer you're talking about, not specifically, but the, the genre, the brand of, I'm going to travel places and I'm going to collaborate and I'm going to, you know, show these, show these hotels and cabin. I'm getting paid for all this stuff and 
uh, I'm a I'm a very good looking person, and I attract attention through my work and through my gift of of attractiveness, uh, or speaking to camera well, or, or speak, yeah, I'm just using well. an example, yeah, okay, or, or, yeah. or or I'm hilarious on camera, or I'm right. funny, or whatever it is, whatever your talent is, um, people are attracted to that, yeah. and it there's probably a thousand people that aren't interested in the money deals for it and just want to travel but there's probably just as many that are like wow you're going to pay me to go to this place and do this if i promote it so that's a hard trap to get out of like i I just i don't blame anyone for using their whatever their skill is to create income absolutely correct you nailed it and i think where it gets a little bit dangerous is when people are watching through the phone and saying oh man i wish i could be an influencer and it's like well maybe what it takes to be an influencer doesn't fit your skill set everybody is exceptionally great at things and everybody is exceptionally <laughs> awful at things right yeah and it's up to you. and if there's something you absolutely love that you're awful at you can look at that objectively and say okay well, I'm going to get better here or you could be awful at something and not care that you're awful at it right and the same thing goes for you could be really good at something and you love learning more about that thing and it's, it's usually that area where people get really specialized and really expert they they level up in that area because they're already have some innate skill there and they're interested in it. So they triple quadruple down on being the best they can in that one area, which I think is just goes back to knowing your strengths, weaknesses, and looking at yourself as objectively as possible and not shielding your ego from some pain and the fact that you might be terrible at a lot of things, right? That's a hard conversation to have, especially if you love the thing that you may be terrible at. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the people that I know that, you know, you're like, oh, this, this is, this is the side of influencing versus photography content. Like it looks like a lot of work also. No you kidding. Know? <laughs> it's like the, um, I don't know when people rag on supermodels or Kim Kardashian I, in my head. I'm, I always take the defense of like, you don't know, might be, it might be nonstop working like to do whatever they're doing. Like it's just right. Yeah. On the, on the surface, on the, on the film, on the, on the social media feed, it looks freaking wonderful. But I I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I travel, there's a huge level of like good stress, but like, Oh, I got, where's, where's my car pickup? Where's the, where's this, where's the hotel? Like uh, this is a new city. Uh, is it safe? Like all that stuff. You know, so there's an enormous amount of stress in a in a pleasurable trip for me. So I can imagine yeah. if you're doing that nonstop and you have all these obligations that maybe aren't your your free choice to like, I'm gonna just take it easy this weekend. No, I got to get on a plane and go here and look the part and talk and be on point and I don't know. So it's a lot yeah. of work, I think, either way. Lizzie Pierce brought that up in her episode mm-hmm. two episodes ago. Exactly yeah, that. And she sort of fits the mold of both, you know, extremely talented uh, cinematographer, photographer, and has like a great personality to be an influencer. So there's exhibit A of both sides of the fence, right? Yeah. Yeah. I so, think it's all, it's all skills. It's all like, what, what skills can you show the world? Is it your art? Uh, is it your personality? Um, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. And if you're unsure, I think of what 
Because, you know, like we said, it's, impo- it's near impossible to have a completely objective view of yourself. Like third person, step outside your body and look at yourself in an objective mm-hmm. standpoint. From an objective standpoint, what are you good at? What are you bad at? Where do you need work? Where are you excelling? This is when it's really great to ask believable and trusted people in your circle, hey, what do you think my greatest strength is? I ask that quite frequently to people. Yeah. You know, hey, where do you think I could use some work? Do they pull what? out that, that ledger again? Yeah, it's so long. It's so long. <laughs> like, but geez. but if you have believable people, you know, in your life, then a lot of those suggestions will hold a lot of weight. And you can maybe start to find some common denominators to help yourself get to that place where you can view yourself objectively. Oh, a lot of people are are kind of weighing in on this theme that I'm that I'm really good at or where I can improve. Whether that's photography or, you know, personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all opinions. But if you start seeing a lot of common denominators, data doesn't lie. And I'm a very analytical person. My ENTP personality test will tell you that. <laughs> I look at mm-hmm. things very analytical, rational, and for me, numbers and data are impossible to argue with. So it's a great opportunity to, to find some more out about yourself. If, you're, if you feel you're lacking some self-awareness, ask some people who you really, really, really trust and whose opinion you very, very much value. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, that's a good point. You did mention something. Well, is that, is, are we good? Have we, covered the, uh, have we covered everything you wanted to get out about the previous episode you could not attend because you said you were yelling in your car? Getting in fights, you yeah. couldn't get a word in. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad we got through that because I had a moment like a like a pop quiz. Like, you just basically called me out in front of everyone, but I happened to listen to it and study, so I was ready. <laughs> but I had this moment of like, uh oh, I don't know what he's going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but we got through it. We did. Okay. Yeah. So earlier, about five minutes ago, you mentioned. <clears throat> Uh, something about that balance, like needing rest, right? Yeah. Um, a longtime listener and good friend, Nicole, uh, wrote in, or actually she voiced in. I asked her to voice in because it was a good question. So we have her voice and we're going to play that and then we'll we'll answer it. So I'm curious to know what you guys think about the topic of ambition and when does it serve us and promote growth versus when is it maybe detrimental to our happiness? I think a lot of the times we're constantly striving to reach goals that we've set for ourselves. And um, inevitably, once we reach them, we sometimes realize like, oh, these we're not as fulfilled as we thought we would be in this moment. Um, so some of us just are constantly setting new goals and striving to reach them. But um, when do you think maybe there's a balance here to be found between, you know, letting yourself off the hook, maybe giving yourself some grace or some rest during more difficult periods of life um, versus pushing yourself forward and striving for your next big success? Good yeah, question or good, good topic. Great question. Good, uh, good podcast voice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very good. It's like she's in a studio or something. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. But yeah, I don't know if answer is the right word here, but sort of weigh in to the best of our ability, just based on how your brain works and how my brain works. And maybe it, it connects with some people here. Um, <clears throat> That's a good point. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there is a necessary answer. That's the truth. But I, yeah, there's not I a do. one size fits all for everybody. First no. of all, you know, different people have different levels of motivation. Different people have different pain thresholds of what they can handle. So yeah, it's not a one size fits all. But maybe people have a similar way of approaching. I don't know goals and things of that nature based on the way you explain your thoughts on this and the way I do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And before I begin, I just want to tell everyone about a huge mistake I made. Uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to put some hot cocoa mix in my coffee. Okay. Is this why you keep glancing down and you look devastated? Yeah, because (laughs) I I like a a good dark black coffee. Nothing added to it and I've ruined it. So I'm like really trying to get through this. It's it's too sweet. It didn't work. It didn't give the the hint of chocolate. And I digress. Let's get into that's unfortunate. You're supposed <laughs> to sprinkle some nutmeg or some cinnamon. Oh, on there, yeah, I do that. Yeah, that's better. There you go. Amateur. Amateur hour. Okay. Chug it. Oh, he's grimacing. Oh man. Okay. Oh. At least you made it through. All right. At least you made it who through. Wants, who wants to go? <laughs> you want to go? I like you that you're doing go? things you don't like. That's right. Getting I through should, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's before we get into this. Maybe this ties into this. It's important to always be doing things you don't like to do. I've yeah. uh, I've developed a new morning ritual for the last three weeks, and uh, it's been as soon as I wake up, ice cold shower. Mm-hmm. Polar, polar. Man, if it's it's, I love it. Yeah, I've noticed that. I'm wide awake for such a long period of the day after that. My heart rate has gone from 50 resting beats per minute down to like 47. Just some weird things. Anyways, let's weigh in on this. Well, there's a few things I've, I picked up in her question and her, and her choice of words potentially. And by knowing her first little thing to uncover, I think uh, at least for me is like, it sounds like are these ambitions are these things that you're pushing yourself to get to and then you're not really pleased and then you're pushing yourself further to like the next goal and then you're not really fulfilled and you're going to the next thing is that coming from a true place of passion and we ask that question of the why all the time or is there something on a deeper level that we're running from or distracting from and we think that x y and z is going to once i once i master this skill like i I think i'll be great and then you get there and you're like no i still have these underlying issues or traumas or things that i have not worked out and i need something else to distract myself and you just keep on going with with new things and new goals um does it come from a place of I need to prove myself or uh, someone in my life didn't love me enough or I don't feel enough. I need to just come to a place where the world finally sees me as enough. There's a million different ways that this can go uh, and ambition can turn into something that's like, I don't know. Uh, you're you're on that hamster wheel, just constantly running and and searching for new things. That's the, my first thought. Okay, I think 
right off the bat when I heard that was there may be too many eggs being put in the basket of happiness and fulfillment will be achieved with the result. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's the way to go. I think the way to go is to be experiencing the fulfillment in the struggle along the way to the end result. I mean, and just accepting that the ratio of that positive feeling from accomplishment, you know, if it took you 40 hours to study for a test, let's say, and you hated every, every minute of it and you get your test back and it's a 95, that, that sense of accomplishment may be at its peak for five minutes when you read those test results and understanding that that ratio of grueling work, the time spent on that to the time spent on getting to enjoy the end result is always going to be way off balance. So I think it comes from a point of almost setting your expectations maybe a bit too high and forgetting. And it's just this, this, enjoy the journey gets tossed around so fucking much just like in be present. It's such a weird buzz phrase that I don't think is that easy to theorize. So I'll give you an example here. So I think I mentioned to you, I was doing in text, I was doing that push-up challenge, right? 200 a day for 10 mm-hmm. days to that's 2010 days. Right. And so my goal was the last time I had done this. And then, so after you've done your 10 days, you rest for three days and then you do uh, a test to see how many push-ups you can do in a row, right? I just wanted to see how many I could get. And the last time I did this, I got after my three, 10 days and then three days of rest, I got 33. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I did it again. I said, I'm going to get 45, mm-hmm. right? 45 in a row without breaking form or doing anything. So that's 10 days every single day, 200 push-ups for 2000. And then when you get to the, the, when you go to do your test, I did it. I got 45 mm-hmm. and from start to finish of those 45 pushups was probably what? 45 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's over. You yeah. hit your goal. But I had so much fun in those 10 days every day. Like I smashed 200. I did, did another 200. I'm up to 400. Oh, I did 600 now total. Now I'm up to 800. Yes. Yes. And like finding those checkpoints along the way and being fulfilled, hitting the markers that are along the way to the end result. I think, so to come back to what I was saying, if you put all the fun in hitting those 45 pushups in this example, you miss out on all the joy of the pain and bullshit of hitting your markers. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that. And that's to me what enjoying enjoying the journey is, is like finding fun in the struggle that will ultimately reward you with what you want in the end and accepting that that end accomplishment is going to be so short-lived and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I, I can totally relate again with golf, but there's such an important moment in golf, which is the process. And once that ball leaves the club in the air, there is nothing that can be done with the result. The result could be great. It could be terrible. It could be whatnot. But all you can look back on is what was your process before you hit the ball in terms of your setup, your breathing, your posture, your, your takeaway, your swing, your rhythm, your tempo, the hours and hours of balls that you've beaten on the range, like 
all of that, that's the best that you can do. And that's the fun. The result from the one shot, you can get thrilled about or pissed about, but you're, you have to move on. You're, you're on to your next shot. You're on to the next process again. So I, I totally relate to that, that mindset. Um, and getting, I mean, we've just started running and like, that is the, that is the process. The process becomes more fun and enjoyable as you do it. To me, that's the thing. I don't, there's no, I don't have a carrot at the end right now uh, in terms of like a race or something I'm building to. It's more about the daily process of doing it. Um, and I want that to become the sort of balance in the head of like, this is tough, but I love it. And yeah. let's, let's get through it. So I think to let's, let's talk about the ambition part and then let's talk about the rest part. I just, yeah, I just have one more thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also important that when you're in the mundane tasks, when you're doing the hard work and the things you don't want to do that you become very good at visualizing the purpose of that pain, you become mm-hmm. very good at visualizing if it's a workout, your muscles burning and you hurt and you're sore. Because you understand that this is what is going to get you to that end result. If you can put the cart before the horse essentially in your own mind and understand that what you're doing in that moment, which is not fun, let's say in this example, you can find a way to enjoy it and understand that because you're doing that, that thing that's going to give you that two minutes of sense of accomplishment and be so worth it at the end, you know, you can, you can start to understand that it will become inevitable through all of this bullshit that I'm going through right now, even though I don't necessarily want to do it or it's hard or it's difficult or I want to quit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And then I, I think too, the, the ambition of things to me, sometimes for people, it, it, like the goals are really written out. Like I want to, I want to get to this point or I need to, and that that's goal focused and that's not, that's not a terrible thing. Um, but with goal f- focus, you need to break it down and into the process. I'm, I'm at a part of my life where, and she's probably directing this at me a little bit in terms of like, oh, I, I see what you did with guitar and then you play out at restaurants and then, then you got obsessed with golf and you start teaching and become certified and, and then that falls by the wayside. Now you're doing photography and then it turns into a podcast. Like what's the, what's the next thing? And it's not about the next thing. It's about, it's about being interested in something and building a skill loving it and building a skill and being honest with yourself. Oh, now it's rock climbing. Now it's running. Like, what else are you going to do? I don't know. Whatever, whatever's interesting to me, I might get hooked by and do without, I don't have a huge sort of like, these are my, these are the goals I have to hit. Again, there's a little bit of that sexy indifference where, I have my career, I have my son, I have a house. Like I, I'm I'm very good in life. And these are like fun things to challenge myself or keep myself busy besides staring at the TV for four hours and like binging a, a show. And again, I do that sometimes too, but it's not on the day to day. I want to fill I want to fulfill life. So I right. fr- I know full out I will 
I shouldn't say never. I'm not even going to say that, but like, like climbing at an elite level where I see people doing V8s and V9s, like, I don't know if that's in the cards for my age and my body type and whatnot. If I worked my balls off, like maybe, maybe if that was like my one focus, but the way I'm doing it, that's not the thing. That's not, I'm not getting to that. The ambition isn't like, I need to, I need to conquer climbing and then I'll move on to the the next thing. No, I, I like doing it. And I like seeing the incremental right. improvements from the process, which is like, oh, what are, what are climbing warm-up drills? Let's make sure I don't get hurt. What are some strengthening things? Let's, yeah. And, and, and then you see like, oh, the other day I had my like fastest mile and you're like, oh, I wasn't even really trying, but because I was in the process of running every day, now I hit this little landmark, this little yes. like, oh, that's cool. I didn't think I could do that. Now I can. And it teaches you David Goggins stuff like, oh, at one point you thought this was impossible. At one point you thought you would never be able to run a sub nine mile even. Like whatever it is, littlest, little, littlest little things. And then you do and all that self-talk, all that doubt, all the things that were said before, like, you're too big, your knees are too bad, don't hurt your back again, uh, take it easy. Like, all those things that were trying to convince you otherwise, you go, oh, that, that voice was a fucking liar. And you have this moment of like... You smash need- through the wall. You're like, what? Well, fuck, what else can I do? Right. And I don't need to listen to that so wholeheartedly. Exactly. That, that voice yes. in the head. I can tell it to ignore. Now there's a there's a funny little analogy with that. There's this there's this running point I get to where almost subconsciously I just stop and it happens when I can see the finish line. I have this like mile path that I go and you can mm-hmm. see the parking lot on the other side and I turn back and do 2 miles. When I see the cars, when it's like 100 yards away, the subconscious, in the beginning, the sort of subconscious, not even like, oh, I want to stop, I'm tired. I just would be like, oh, like I, my body would just stop and I would go into a wall. It would walk. let up because you're so close. You might yeah, as well. It, it, let, it lets up. It's like, let oh, I, pretty, I pretty much did it. Right. And I started to recognize that and I recognized the, the triggers or the things that would happen where I was about to feel that. And I turn it into a different gear. So now I recognize that. And that's my signal now consciously to not necessarily sprint, but go hard. There's only this much left finish. So there's right. these, these ambitious things, but it's more about controlling, I think, those thoughts and those voices and, and giving yourself the ability and the confidence to get through those hard things. Yeah, I think you made a great point as well, too. If you're really into climbing... You don't need to be competing at the world stage. If you're really into, you know, running and getting better at that, you don't need to be world record marathon pace. The sense of accomplishment comes from breaking through personal barriers. Right? Yeah. And the sense of accomplishment comes from learning a new trick or a tool that propels you along that that thing that you're interested in. I think you and I are very similar in the sense of we, be, we become fulfilled from learning something that is then viewable in performance, whether that's podcast stats, whether that's a grading on a rock climbing wall, whether that's, you know, pick whatever tool you want to do to measure, whether it's how you feel waking up in the morning, 
right? I think that's where the sense of accomplishment comes from. And for me, the fun then comes back to, to really hammer this home, all those things that I did, maybe a lot of them things I didn't like doing. It makes me enjoy those. It makes me enjoy those moments more than the actual finish line. And Andy, our runner, the guy we had on the ultra runner said the same thing. He says, when I hit the finish line, I'm sad, man. Mm -hmm. I'm sad because I know how hard I worked and how hard I struggled and what it took to get to that end. And the finish line is so short lived. So that's why like, you'll never be fulfilled if all the, to come full circle, you'll never be fulfilled if your entire sense of accomplishment is in the final end result. It's got, you got to find a way through whatever means, whether it's other podcasts or running or, or, or I don't even know where you're, where you're, everyone's different, right? Where that, that channeled thinking is going to come from, but you have to find a way to enjoy a lot of the misery, a lot of the difficult things and put and visualize that end result before and in the moment when things are not going well, when you're tired, et cetera. Yeah. With, with that too, and in in the skills that I've liked, and and I that focused attention, I like that phrase because that's exactly what happens. There's a there's a there's a gravity. There's a there's a path in which things have to go, and if you're putting in the time, things tend to improve. And they level out at a point where your physical capability, your time, your whatever can't get to a point where it's going to go much, much more. And at that point, you've accepted it as like, this is where I'm at. Now, where, where do I want to put some of my attention? Like I, I've worked, it's like I, I clean the bedroom. The bedroom's clean. I, I could keep cleaning it, but it's clean. Maybe I should move on to the bathroom and start working from there and clean that and then move on. The bedroom's still pretty clean and I might have to dust it up every once in a while and like get back to that skill. But I can go out now and golf and know in the range where I'm going to shoot. I can pick up a guitar and know how I'm going to play. Like those skills are now pretty ingrained and they don't go away too easily as long as you freshen them up so there's not an ambition where it's like what's i'm not happy unless i have my next skill that i need to master i think it's more of like an acceptance of like it reminds me back when i was a kid and the piano teacher was like hey to get better you need to practice two hours a day and i was like i can't do that i'm good well you could do it I, oh, yeah. your heart isn't in it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's other things I want to do. I want to play basketball. I, I need to study, blah, blah, blah. But yes, you're right. But uh, I bet if you were, if your heart if was going to piano, it, you'd be doing yeah. four hours. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. That's, yeah. that's finding those things. And you're only going to find those things by trying rock climbing, by trying running, by trying guitar, by trying golf. And, and I think you get the most out of life doing that. I think a lot of people who don't understand that concept look from the outside in and say, wow, that guy must be going through something. He's really searching for something. He, can't, he just can't seem to pin down what he wants to do. And it's like, well, fuck, I want to do everything that I can. I'm here for 80 some odd years. You know, yeah. I, I'm going to try as much shit as I can. Yeah. And I'm going to find what I really love doing. 
I've also been in the same exact career in the same school for 16 years. So I can, I can stay in a thing. Like I can, I can stay in it. This is about, this is the extra stuff. This is like, do you want the one major and, and then 30 credits of electives to graduate? Or do you want to get a double major? Like I'll get a double major. Like I don't need, I don't need basket weaving like as a <sighs> skill. Like that's not for me. No offense to the basket weavers out there. Like, great. Good job. Right. But, I'm saying though that external noise mm-hmm. and you having that thought like, shit, people may think that I'm losing it from the outside looking in, seeing me doing all these different things and maybe moving from one thing to another. That might start poking at your sides some insecurities, maybe. And it's important to block out that noise as well. Like, fuck, people might think I don't have it together. I should just, you know, do yeah. one or two things, be steady, you know, not not break the mold <laughs> type of thing. And that could really poke at some insecurities. Like, oh, maybe I don't have everything together, but it's no, I'm just searching for life. Yeah, and I think there's certain skills that go go further than others. Like, like the photography thing, it's only three years old, but there's... You, you go, you just do the process and you keep getting this sort of affirmation that the process is building. And that's what, that's motivating. I don't care what you're doing. Like if you start running and it's a 12, 12 minute mile at the first time and then it's an 11 and then it's a not like that's motivating. Like, whoa, like how good can I get? Like that's just the question that you should be asking uh, if you want to be and if you like the thing. and. With podcasting, it's such a good example in terms of the process. You know, Seth invited me on and he's like, we're going to do this every week. And I was like, okay. And Seth has, Seth has access to the analytics, the data, the whatnot. And he would every once in a while be like, hey, look at this landmark. I'd be like, whoa, that's really cool. But in my mind, I had no, no concept of like, I want to build this to that amount of listeners or this. I just want to, I like the process. I enjoy talking this stuff once a week. That's mm-hmm. it. And if you're consistent with it and you like it, the results will happen. The results will get there. Like that, it's just the name of the game. And I right. think people get stuck in the beginning part of like, I'll never be good at this. I'll never be able to run a, an eight minute mile. Like they, they have that sort of fixed mindset right off the bat versus a growth mindset which we teach our kids is like, I can't run an eight mile yet. Right. You know, like let it be open-ended so that you can still try. And the only way you get that growth mindset is by committing, being disciplined to doing difficult things that you know you're going to be bad at. That's the Mm -hmm. only way. That's the only way. And the other thing I like to do is look for the secondary rewards, we'll call them secondary rewards of things like rock climbing, things like podcasting. So for example, the primary reward for this podcast is people change their outlook or their opinion on Mm -hmm. their photography or life in general to a point where their life improves, you know, not through the means that we're experts, but just us sharing how we think maybe helps. That's primary number one. Mm -hmm. Secondary reward is, what is this? Episode 145? Wow. I don't know. We've shown up 145 weeks in a row rain or shine, sick or healthy. I mean, and that's, that teaches something else. So that Mm -hmm. teaches discipline that teaches, you know, showing up for things sometimes when you don't want to, uh, rock climbing. Okay. The primary reward is you go up in grades, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. I went from V4 to V3. I'm a better climber now. Secondary reward. I've fallen off this wall 200 times more than I've not. This Mm -hmm. is teaching me to fail well. 
This is teaching me to analyze why I'm messing up. So I'm yeah. always looking for what is, I, I'm just looking at the activity or the thing as the vehicle, photography even, wildlife photography. The primary goal is to get a sweet shot mm-hmm. that I can sell or be proud of or share. The secondary thing, let's say wildlife photography, secondary reward, teaching me how to be patient. What a skill for life. Mm-hmm. Rock climbing, learning how to fail. What a skill for life. When you first yeah. get on the wall, everybody's staring at you and you suck. What a skill to learn how to not care what other people think. Like, So go into these things looking for not, I'll be happy when I get V4 or V5. I'll be happy when I learn how to fail well. I'll be happy when I learn how to be patient. I'll be ha- And I'm, I'm going to enjoy and understand that this is so necessary along the process to get to the primary thing that I want. Yeah. And I mean, rock climbing is the perfect. When I first started, I would watch in front of every, you have an audience. If it's a crowded night, like you have an audience. So it's a little embarrassing. Because you're awful. Yeah. First to be like, I'm going to try this and I can barely do this and whatever the the thoughts in your head. Like people are everyone in the gyms watching. No one cares. Like 10 year old little girls who are doing five levels higher than you. Yeah. They're just like skipping. (laughs) They're like not using their legs. They're just doing pull ups through the whole thing. Like, what the hell? How's that even possible? But what I noticed is people, the the good climbers would attack a problem and go after it and fail and fall and fail, rest, go again, rest, and then finally nail it and be so excited. So I I just I just recognize that. Like, wow, that like you have to you have to go at it. And at first it would be like, oh, I'm gonna try a V3. Oh, that grip's hard. Like, all right, I'll go back to a V2. And then I realized like, no, like pick it apart, go at it, like get, give it a few tries. And this happened just last night. Like there was this tough V3 that I was having trouble with, but I tried it like four times. And on the fourth time when I was gassed from the whole day and running and, and, and climbing, I got it because I figured it out and it was tough, but I got it. And it was like, wow, like you just, if you, if you perseverance, like if you try and keep going and give the time, you will do things that you didn't think you could do. Right. And And that's satisfying. And what you're talking about is drive and drive is a lot different from being motivated. In my opinion, being driven is not the same as being motivated. Being driven is... In that sense, not necessarily I'm going to be a world elite climber, but no, I'm, I keep embarrassing myself on this wall. I keep falling. This is my 50th time falling, but I'm going to sit down, recoup my, myself. I'm going to get back up there until I fucking get it. Mm-hmm. Motivation is just standing up and agreeing with yourself to go onto the wall. That's motivation. Drive is I'm, I'm going to do this and and telling your brain it's non-negotiable, even a run, like your brain's screaming at you to stop. I, I don't care. Like we're, we're going to finish. So hey there brain, figure out a way to deal with this. It's weird. The conversation, that mm-hmm. whole concept of, of having with yourself or, you know, photography related sitting in the, sitting in the, uh, or trying to do a, a big hike, let's say for a sunrise or a sunset. It's early, it's dark, or, you know, this is a steep, there's a lot of switchbacks. We're doing it. Yeah. You know, the motivation was getting up early and the motivation, or the, you know, I'm motivated by getting up and driving there. The drive comes from 
we're going to go thousand meter incline, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or elevation change. And we're going to do this. So I think it's also, we've spent a lot of time on this, this topic question, but like identifying and doing some research and the difference between being motivated and being driven, which are very different things. Yeah. Very I, different. I think to wrap up the ambition side of this, coin is there's a lot of blanket statements uh, there were so many during covid like if if you haven't learned a new skill during this time off like you're a piece of shit like that that was right. essentially the message and those are blanket statements that make people potentially feel bad or reaffirm like i did learn a new skill during covid i'm not a piece of shit or and i'm good <laughs> right yeah so I, I think it's looking at that and looking at social media and 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 not falling for the trap of like, oh, like look at that person working out and making gains or looking at look at that person's travel and, and they have the goal of of climbing the 14 peaks in New Hampshire, like whatever it is. Like they did it. Uh and not speeding yourself up for not being ambitious the same way that other people are. You know, like I think that's an important difference to to not beat yourself up for being that. I think we all we all kind of do what we want to do when you really like skim it down. We we try to figure out a way to do what's important to us. And that might be raising your kids. That might be your goal. And, and showing up as a, a mom or a dad every single day, that's ambition. The results are in your child and, and, and whatnot. It might be keeping a nice home. It might be uh, going to work every day on time. It doesn't have to be these extra things. Like There's a lot of ambition in day-to-day life, and there's millions and millions of people that would look at your life and be like, wow, like they, they, they've they've got a simple life and that's, I wish I had that. Like, that's wonderful. So I think there's not falling for the trap of like, you have to be an ultra marathoner to be successful. You have to be David Goggins to be a good runner. You have to be like breaking your own knees to, to, to prove that you can fight through suffering. You know, you could argue like, that's not maybe the best thing either to do for your body and, and whatnot. So, I think that's important, which brings us to the other side of that coin, which she was asking, I think is the, uh, yeah, when's like, there's a lot of also messaging that's like, you can, you can rest buddy. You can, you you can do whatever you need to do. Like give yourself grace. Um, you, you got this. Uh, there's a lot of those quotes too, that are promoting like self love and which is all, all good too. But it's like, it it hits everyone through their lens of their own life. I think rest is important. We need to rest. We need to sleep every day. We need to rest. We need to take days off. We can feel burnout. And I think mm-hmm. that's all that's all fine and good. I don't think it has to be said from uh, a quote that we see on the, you know, no. on the on the social medias. What's your thought on on rest? Well, I've meant. I think I mentioned you that I mentioned this to you is that I think if you're sitting there consciously having to think or decide, Hmm, I've worked hard. Do I need, maybe my body needs some rest right now. Like you don't need rest. Your brain and your body lets you know, physiologically, 
when you need rest and you can take it to that point without causing harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, last night I had a, yesterday I had a super busy day. Uh, I did 8K run in the cold, uh, had a workout in the morning, went rock climbing, played an hour of hockey, and I got back to, I got back home and it was 7.30 and I wanted to work on a cabin pitch. Mm-hmm. And I sat down in front of my computer and my brain would not work. Yeah. And so, boom, you need rest. Mm-hmm. Go read a book, do something that's not going to turn your brain to mush. Read a book, reading a book called The Dawn to Investor right now. Really good book. Highly recommend it by Manesh Pabrai. Um, but there's an example of taking your body, in, or in this case, my brain to its limits without causing harm. Right. It, it wasn't a decision in that instance of should I rest or should I not? I was like, I physically cannot do the task to the best of my ability, the task that's in front of me right now. So I need to do something. I can't, I need to recharge. And your body will, will, will let you know as well without injury. Yeah. So it's my opinion, just to summarize what I've said, that if you're having to sit there and contemplate, if you need rest right now, you definitely do not. (laughs) Yeah. Don't go out and hurt yourself. Full disclaimer. You definitely do not. Your brain will tell you when it can't function properly or optimally. Your body will tell you when it can't function optimally. Yeah, that that's that's for sure. And I, I think you get to these these little points, like you're saying. I, I can relate to that. Uh, you know, making a, a presentation or or whatnot, and you're exhausted, and you're just you're not firing. And I think that recognition's a skill as well to be like, oh, I should stop right now. Um, what are your recognitions? I just like, uh, I get very, let's get into this. Yeah, I get Mentally. very, I can, if I, if I need a, if I need a minute to recoup, um, I'm very much a basic needs guy. Like if I'm hungry or didn't sleep well, like that affects me more than anything. Right. Um, but what's the indicator? So the indicator is distractibility. Like if nice. I can't focus, if I find myself like, looking around or picking up a guitar or like all over the place that just ADD, means I'm ADHD. like yeah it comes yeah. in like that that's that that that's just a sign that I'm not I'm not where I need to be you know right and it, this 20 minute project will take me 2 hours right and then I'll be more tired uh so those kinds of things well, like like running there there comes a point I'm new to it at at mile between mile 2 and 3 Things start to break down and, and get really kind of yucky feeling. Could I push through it? Maybe and probably a little bit to a point, but I'm also cautious because I don't want a huge setback. So I say like, all right, this is a, I need to walk for a minute and then I'll, you know, like those kinds of things um, can kick in where you have these signals, you have these mm-hmm. things that you can't ignore um, physically or mentally that say like, hey, it's it's time to rest. My my Garmin watch has been really nice because it it reads my metrics, it reads my exercise load, my VO2 levels, like my heart rate and whatnot. And when I click on the run, it does the first thing it says is a suggested workout for the day. And it's like, hey, you've been working hard. I think today should be a rest day. And that makes yeah. me think like, okay, maybe I'll go for a hike instead. Maybe I'll... It, I'm not a fitness trainer. Like maybe this Garmin knows a little bit more than me. So I'm going to take some advice versus pound myself into the ground and and come into a harder problem. So right. there, there's little metrics that you can look at and tools you can use um, for, yeah. for sure. 
for myself when I know that I, I need rest mentally, whether that's a nap or an early to bed or non-sleep deep rest as it's called. People may have heard that on the Huberman Lab podcast, which is a really great, great podcast. Um, you know, non-sleep deep rest and in my case would be a meditation or, uh, you know, sitting in a chair with a book, quiet. I know when I need those moments, I have a few indicators. I just think it's valuable to share these with people. Maybe if, if you need help identifying your identifiers, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I get irritable easily mm-hmm. at things that shouldn't irritate me. I get forgetful. So I'll misplace objects is one for sure. And me as well, distractions. I'll bounce from email to text to Instagram DM. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not working linearly. Mm-hmm. And those, those are really my primary three. If those mm-hmm. three are going on, it's, I got to press the reset button, shut the computer down, reboot. And whether that's a hard reboot with a nine hour and 15 minute sleep like I had today, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, five minutes lying on the ground, uh, doing a meditation, I will share with people. I've, I've tried to, you might find this interesting. I've tried a new form of meditation, which mm-hmm. has been really, really, really beneficial. Um, the one that I had, pr- the style that I had previously been doing is where, you know, I'd lay on the ground, put my AirPods in, play some ambient tunes really focus on the different elements of those the instruments being played, focus on different parts of my body and think of nothing, right? Which is anyone who's practiced is meditation knows when you're an amateur, you're not, don't have years of experience. It's very difficult to do. And I started looking for other more active meditations not active in the sense of I'm doing things. So I'm still got, you know, the AirPods in playing ambient sounds and things of that nature, still with the deep breathing. But now what I'm doing is I'm talking to myself in full sentence form and talking about things that I want to continue doing or things that I'm working towards in my goals, let's say, and that are a week away or a year away and talking about how I'm going to do those things in full sentences, period, commas, and things of that nature. And, and, and it's been super beneficial. So for example, I'll be like, I would like to continue running. It's teaching me a lot of lessons about pushing, pushing through difficult times. And I'd love to continue to work towards my goal of a half marathon and thought, and then I'll move on to a next, another thought. And it's been so helpful. Mm. It's been so helpful. And I come out of it feeling so rested. Yeah, that's cool. It's just an interesting thing, like talking to yourself in full sentences like that, as opposed to just trying to focus on nothing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Focusing on nothing is tough. And anyone that's trying meditation, I think the practice is recognizing thoughts that come in and you get better at it the more you do it. You don't go down the rabbit hole of like... right trying to meditate and you're like, what's for dinner tonight? Oh yeah, I do have those leftovers. Blah, blah. You catch yourself at what's for yes. dinner tonight. Oh no, no, come like let's scan the body. That's what we're doing here. Be present in what right. we're trying to do. So you get better at recognizing those thoughts and recognizing those thoughts aren't you per se. Right. For me, I'm a very excitable person. So mm-hmm. I'm not shying away from that style because it's difficult. Again, mm-hmm. I like diving into difficult things and I will still do that form every mm-hmm. now and then. 
But for me, it's as someone who's very excitable by tons of new ideas and things like that, I know that about myself. It's a way for me to structure those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's a way for me to um, summarize and conglomerate all those thoughts into strategic plans while I'm resting. Yeah. Which is so helpful for me. And I just feel better anecdotally coming out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I thought I'd share that with some people. Yeah. Uh, so to, to wrap up the rest thing too, I, I think there's two more points I wanted to, I was thinking of while we're, sure. while we're talking is first of all, I think everyone are, everyone's in different points of their lives too, where, I mean, Seth, one day you'll, you'll understand when you, you have a little Seth or a little Haley running around <laughs> that, um, I'm sure I will understand it gets, it gets tougher and something right. like rest becomes more of a priority. Like, Oh my God, I was up all night with a, with a screaming toddler. Like I had all these goals and aspirations for today, but I just, I can't like, I need to, right. I need to sleep and I need to put the priority in my family and, and, and whatnot. So I think everyone's lives dictate a different level of how yes. ambitious can you be and how easily can you catch up on rest so it's tough to run you know i'm gonna run well let's do your day i'm gonna run an 8k or 10k i don't want to sell you eight, short eight, 8k i've had a foot injury i'm trying to heal <laughs> i'm gonna run an 8k i'm gonna play hockey i'm gonna i'm gonna do personal stuff like all the, i'm gonna do my push-up challenge right because uh, i know i'm gonna get a good 10 hours of sleep if I want to. And I'm so privileged to be at that stage in my life where I I have that time is what you're saying. And again, everything we say, even with rest, it's not a one size fits all. I don't want people to to overgeneralize, right? Yeah. And my point in being or saying this too is that the old adage of comparison is the thief of joy. Right. I think when we're looking at someone that's super, I could, I could pin out, I could pin out thousands of millions of people that are more ambitious than I am. And there's millions of people that could look at me and say like, wow, he's so ambitious. And there's millions of people that would say like that guy needs some rest or that guy rests too much. Like everyone's different is my point. And to, to read into social media and feel affected by that, I think ultimately we know ourselves we know our situation. We know what makes us feel good or happy or fulfilled or whatever the thing is about life that we enjoy. And if that's hanging with your family and and not being super ambitious and needing to crush goals, but you're happy, cool. Cool. Great. If it's being an influencer versus a photographer, cool. Like whatever it is to you, as long as you're not hurting someone, I think is okay. And by looking at other people and comparing and being like, maybe I should be doing this, the shoulds and the coulds and the, like that kind of talk, I think is the most important part of this whole conversation is self talk either way. Like where is it fixed? Is it keeping you from your goals? One of my biggest pet peeves in, in all of humans is I don't, I don't, maybe this says something about me. You can, you can, you can judge in after I say, okay. it. I, it really bothers me. I don't care if someone says like, uh, I don't care about my 
let's use health or like exercise as an example. I don't care about my health. Like we're on this planet for uh, a certain amount of time. I'm going to have fun. Uh, I'm going to do whatever it is. What's the difference between 40 years, 60 years, 80 years of living? It really, time's made up. Like that's a, you should live longer or you should be healthy. Like uh, I'm fine. I go, yeah, man, that's a, that's a good point. I'm glad you're with it. What bothers me is in myself or when people say like, oh, I wish, like I, I really want to be, I really want to be a better runner as the example. And then they're not doing it, but they're complaining about the skill or like, I really want to eat healthier. And then they crush six beers and, and eat three bags of chips, you know, while sitting on the well, couch. Like, well, you've moved into another, you've moved into the realm of addiction, whether people know it or not. Sh- sure. But right. just, just in the example yeah, yeah, yeah. of, I, like I want to do, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm, I'm doing the others. Like I, that's, I think cause you haven't, you haven't, if you're, if you're that person that the, the chips and beers on the couch isn't causing you enough pain to make the change towards the thing you're saying you want to do. Right. Yeah, that or, that or balance you, is out of whack. Do you really want to do it? Or are you just saying you want to do it? Right. Yeah. So like, I think there's, there's an honesty with self and a, and a ability to dig deeper behind like what's the what's the comfort the relationship to whatever it is that I am doing versus what I say I want to do and why am I not doing it and I can make a lot of excuses about it like I think that's a that's a just a fine line between lying to yourself and yeah going out and doing stuff so I think that's like the comparison like if you're if you're looking at someone if your life's very busy and your priorities are your family and whatnot it's it's hard it takes a lot i know a lot of people that wake up at four in the morning because they want to and they go work out before the family's up like if it's really there it's it is possible we all need rest we all need this but like if it's really there you you can find a way and if it's not really there then it's not really there and that's okay too well, here's the thing though, those people that are likely getting up at four four thirty to get their their reps in before the family wakes up. I'm not saying you need to get up at four or four thirty to be a productive, successful human. I'm saying those people have a why. If you're sitting on the if you're if you're saying, Oh, I really want to get healthier and you have no why, you're not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You, you 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 have to have a, a why you want to do something. You can't just aimlessly go about something. So I, I, we, we, to, to, to use the running example, like why am I wanting to run in cold, cold minus 11 weather today when we get off this podcast? My why, why is because I want to see how many difficult things I can do. Mm-hmm. That's my why. And that, that's going to fucking suck. Mm-hmm. That's my Why? If I had no why, there'd be no fire under me to go do that. And to, to double down on that why, well, well, why do you want to do difficult things? And the why to that is because it makes me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very simple equation. And I think if you can... Find your, you know, why do I want to be healthier? Let's use your example for the person who then goes and sits on the couch and crushes 
seven beers and a full bag of Cheetos. If their why was, okay, I want to be better. I want to set a better example health-wise for my kids and I want to be around for my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, why do you want to be around for your kids and, and set a good example for them? Well, because I want them to live a happy and, and fulfilling life. Now you're going to get your ass up off that couch and you're going to stop drinking seven beers a night. I promise you. If you mm-hmm. constantly are able to remind yourself of that. If you don't have that why, good luck doing anything. Right. Good right. luck. Right? Yeah. So it, that, that's why the why is so important. And that's why the how comes after the why. Yeah. And you have to, you have to want the why. You know? For you, sure. You have, to, you have to really want it. So I think and that's, that's when that. you can't lie to yourself. If yeah, you don't want the why, you can't, you can't get out of that. You can't lie to yourself. It's impossible. And again, it's through everyone's individual lens. And social exactly. media does the, yep. the horrible thing of letting us see life through fake life through everyone else's lens. You know, right? Like, like I, I could I could go out right now and hold my 360 cam of me sprinting through a trail, and I could write easily like. 20 kilometers. Yeah, whatever. Four (laughs) miles and under four minutes a mile through the trail, I'm gassed. And a lot of people will believe it. And I I could walk the 99% of the time, but just sprint (laughs) for 15 seconds and and video it. Oh, for sure. Right? Like we, we, but then we hold it as like, oh, that's the truth. I saw it. And, uh, you know, we compare ourselves to this entity that is not necessarily the truth and not our perspective for sure and not our world and not our, you know, our two kids that are screaming for breakfast and what, like everyone has a different thing. Everyone has a different thing and comparing someone's rest and vacations or workout habits or successes with money or finance or house size or this, that, and the other is very detrimental. And Finding your why and what makes you feel fulfilled on the short time that we have on this planet is the ultimate goal. Not everyone else's why, but your why. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't think of a better way to end. We have some questions that we didn't get to, but we'll get to those next time you and I do an, an episode together. And what do you think? Cool. I like it. Did you follow one. Did you follow Andy Glaze's 100-mile uh, run that he just did on his stories and his Instagram stories? No, because Instagram only shows me, I think, three people. Oh my God, dude. And ads. <laughs> he documented his entire 100 mile run and it was awesome. That's cool. He I'll, said, I'll check it out. He said they might have disappeared now. But oh. One of the things that really stuck out to me, and this might encapsulate the whole kind of theme of this episode. So it's a 20 mile loop, right? So he's got to do five loops. Oof. And uh, half is uphill, half is downhill. Mm hmm. <laughs> which is so symbolic of, of life. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's on mile 70, right? He's doing updates with the phones like pointed at him while he's running. And uh, he goes, all right, mile 70 here. First 70 miles are bullshit. The last 30 miles are where the race starts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's fucking amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And he ran from 9 a.m. in the morning to like, I don't want to get his time wrong. Maybe posting times wrong, but like 9 a.m. It seemed like the stories were coming through or 6 a.m. And then the next morning, 9 a.m. He was done. And then the story after is him hobbling at like half mile an hour into his house. (laughs) Smiling though. So I was like, you know what? There's an example of someone who's fulfilled with doing hard things and that doesn't have to fulfill you. But I think I will make a generalization that progress fulfills us all. 
progress equals fulfillment. Mm. So yeah. whatever that progress is and whatever met- metrics you choose to use. So that's all I got for today, man. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go run. Let's do it. Let's do a TPM though as well. Yep. Ooh, let's pick this one. This one stood out to me. Oh yeah, I saw that one. I like it. Weigh in on it. All right. TPM artwork for the week. Ethan Hoggard photography. Look at that beauty. Uh, yeah, Northern Harrier. Is that what I'm looking at? Here? Old yep. hen harrier. Yeah. Old hen harrier. Yeah, huh. I guess Northern Looks Harrier. Like it. It's a female. Okay, okay. Um what a beautiful photo. Uh just the detail in those wings. Yeah, and the, the the positioning, you have all the main parts that you want to see. I, I like seeing, obviously, the face, the eye, the all wings, uh, claws. Just a, a great position for that. Those birds are I, hard to shoot as well. Yeah, they definitely are. I was actually looking those up on eBird uh, last night, just seeing like where some spottings were. Uh, were you? I wanna get, yeah, I want to get out. That's one of the that's one of the little goals for you know, in terms of like what right. photo would you like to to get? I have a couple, but none like like this is the kind I want. Yeah, beautiful. He actually put yeah. his settings one over twenty five hundred shutter speed f two point eight ISO one sixty. For those curious and those who are looking at today's TBM artwork on Spotify, you can do it there. Beautiful, beautiful bird. Link to Ethan's profile in the episode description as well. And if you want to have your photo talked about and featured as the episode artwork. Hashtag TPM artwork on your Instagram photos. We cruise through them, we select them and do exactly what we're doing right now. Talk about them and mention you. So keep up with those. And as always, if you want to find another way to support the podcast, give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It means the world to us. It gives us that extra drive, extra motivation, whichever word you want to put in there um, to, continue these, to continue to do these episodes. Ambition. Gives us the ambition. That's right. <laughs> and if you wanted to show your support even further, we have a PayPal donate button uh, in the episode description as well. If you want to support the show, as always, we'll do these for free. But if you're feeling extra generous, that's always there as well. Aaron, great talking with you today. I think we have, uh, I think we have Melissa Findley as our mm-hmm. next guest, which I'm very excited for. And I hope people are as well. So, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, one more thing uh, okay. because of scheduling, we had. We have one space left for our workshop in right. April. Just want to let people know that. So if you're hearing this and you're interested, it is a cabin workshop. We're staying at the prestigious Warner's Camp uh, log cabin. Um, brand new. We, brand new. Uh, so not only do we get to stay there, we're going to build our portfolio. We're going to talk about uh, our successes in pitching cabins and the stays that we've had, uh, do's and don'ts, and work together with a small crew. It's only it's only Seth and I and then the max of four people uh, with your own private quarters. And yeah, just a, I think a lot of fun. It'll be a blast. I'm working on the details, the itinerary right now. And as I'm doing it, I'm like... Oh, this is tasty. This is gonna be this is gonna be good. Very tasty. So, Very tasty. So yeah, okay. let us know. Shoot us a DM if you're yeah, interested. Because we put this we put this uh, this public service announcement out during the holidays, and I think people were delayed on episodes, right? And they figured, mm-hmm. oh man, okay, well, 
probably all sold out now. Uh, and we did have all our spots allocated, but now we have uh, one that can't come. So acquire that spot. Get it. All right, man. Till next time. See ya. See ya.